but He lives and He lives forevermore. And we can always trust on our Heavenly Father in every circumstance of every situation. And you may have had uh, your father's uh, biological father to let you down, your grandfather to let you down, but the Heavenly Father will never let you down. And He will be closer to you than a brother and a sister. And so it is good to know that we serve a Heavenly Father as we uh, celebrate Father's Day uh, today. And so if you have your Bibles today, I want you to hold those up high. That's the sword of the Spirit. There's a Bible there in your pew. It'll be projected on the screen. We want to thank those for watching today. And my prayers are something that I can say to you and your family to encourage you along the way as we get into God's Word today. So I want you to go with me, if you would, to go to Luke's Gospel. Luke's Gospel, the 15th chapter, starting with the 11th verse. Luke's Gospel of the New Testament, the 15th chapter, beginning with the 11th verse. And the title of my message today is this, The Prodigal's Father. The Prodigal's Father. We're going to be looking at the story of the prodigal son. But we're going to be looking at the father of the prodigal son. And uh, I find some things that are quite interesting that I want to bring out to you today uh, to encourage our fathers and to those uh, that are listening today and those that are, are watching today on Facebook to give you a word of encouragement. The prodigal's father in Luke's Gospel 15 and 11. And I want to I uh, start the story here a little bit so that we get an idea of what we're saying today. Uh, the story goes like this to the prodigal son. The story of the prodigal son is also known as the parable of the lost son. And it follows the parable of the lost sheep, the lost coin, and Jesus is responding to the Pharisees in this passage. And there is a complaint because this man, the Pharisee says, this man welcomes sinners and eats with them. But I want you to know today that Jesus tells the story of a man who has two sons. And the younger son asks his father to give him his portion of the family estate as an early inheritance. And once received, the son promptly set off on a long journey to a distant land and begins to waste his fortune on wild living. And when the money runs out, a severe famine hits the country and the son finds himself in dire circumstance and he takes a job feeding pigs and eventually he grows so destitute that he even longs to eat the food assigned to the pigs. And we see through this passage that this young man finally comes to his senses, remembering his father in humility. He, he, uh, he recognizes his foolishness and decides to return to his father and ask for forgiveness and mercy. The father who had been watching and waiting... The story goes and receives his son back with open arms of compassion. He is overjoyed 
by the return of his lost son, and immediately the father turns to his servants and asks them to prepare a giant feast in celebration. Meanwhile, as we look at this very closely, the older son becomes enraged. And when he comes in from working the fields and discovers a party with music and dancing and being celebrated for his younger brother's return, the father tries to begin to dissuade the older brother from his jealous rage explaining, you are always with me and everything I have is yours. I want us to look at this a little bit about the prodigal father, but I want to look at the word what prodigal means. Let's look at that word. The prodigal word means spending money or resources freely and recklessly wastefully and extravagant extravagant waste. In other words, taking what you have and having no care of where it's really coming from, how much you spend, whatever you do, it's like uh, live fancy free. This is what prodigal means. And I want us to look at this closely because I want you to know today about the Father. And about this father, how that he loved his two sons unconditionally. Even when his one son was just doing wrong and he was wanting his inheritance, he blew through his inheritance. I find today that my father, my favorite father in the Bible is the prodigal father. And yet it's chosen by Jesus to illustrate the heavenly father. So he uses this and this parable to describe what the Heavenly Father is all about. He must then be the ideal earthly father that we can study about to understand what an earthly father really is. He was a father of two sons who were prodigal for a time. And I want you to look at this with me. The younger was a prodigal and lacking restraint... And yet in choosing the pleasures of sin, his one son wanted to go out and just begin to blow everything of his inheritance. But yet we see the older son, he was prodigal as well. We just see that there's one son, but I want you to see today there's two sons. There is another son that lacked restraint. In choosing pride over self because the father was what he was, the prodigal became what he should be. Yet the younger son returned and the older in a decision, yet the question would be, what king of a father was he? What king of a father was he? My first point today is this, he was an approachable father. And I want you to know today that there is a lot of fathers today that are not approachable. 
And there's a lot of fathers today that may not know the Lord Jesus Christ as their personal Savior. But listen, I want to give the fathers a challenge today. If you don't know Jesus Christ as your personal Savior, today is that day for you to accept Jesus Christ into your heart and life and become the leader of your family. Become so saturated with the Lord Jesus Christ that you become the ultimate leader so that you can understand understand the heavenly father and let the heavenly father tell you as fathers what you need to do and how you raise your children how you pray over your children how you instruct over your children how you teach your children that's what we're lacking in the world today which we live is we're needing godly fathers fathers to step up to the plate and begin to be the father of their family I see so many churches today in the world which we live in, in all denominations, that there's more women that's in the churches than there are men. Where have the men, where, where have they gone? They've gone because they don't know the Heavenly Father. And the mothers today, unfortunately sad, is not what God designed for the mothers to wear the pants for the family. It is for the fathers to step up to the plate and be the father. But you don't know how to be the father unless you've been communicating with the heavenly father for him to give you wisdom and give you what you need for your family. The Bible clearly lets us know that this son, the youngest son, wanted to squander all of what he had I want it now, Father. I want to blow through it now. I want to live it up. And the Bible lets us know that these men knew about God and they knew about their their Father. They knew about the Heavenly Father as well because this Father had been teaching them about God. So they knew exactly what the Heavenly Father was about and they knew what their Father was about, their biological Father. But this young man decided, I just want to go wild and fancy free. I want my, my inheritance now. And the Bible says he blew right through it. He blew through it to the moment where he was eating with the pigs because he had no more food. He had no more luxury. He had no more of of what was given to him anymore because he blew right through it. But the father, the biological father, never forgot about his son. He never wrote his son off. Our children may disappoint us as fathers, but we're never to write our children off because those are gifts that's been given to us from God the Father. Those are gifts no matter what they say, no matter what they do to us fathers. We are still to pray for our children. That is a byproduct. You are part of your family. You are part of your child. Where it's a son or a daughter, that daughter is living out what you are. You are living out what your children are. And they become that example. You become the great example of them. So whether they do right, whether they do wrong, you still pray for them. You still encourage them. You still love them where they're at. Jesus loves every one of us. He loves all of us. And He loves the world. He just hates the sin that's in the world. But He still loves us. 
For John 3.16 says, For God so loved the world that He gave His only begotten Son, that whoever believeth upon Him should not perish, but have everlasting life. God is still a merciful God. God is still a sovereign God. God still reigns. He still rules. He is still God. That does not change His love towards you, the love towards us, because He still loves us. So this Father became an approachable Father. I am reminded that the text would seem to give some family history. It seems that the mother of the boys had died. And perhaps at the birth even of the youngest son. And perhaps this man had stood at a grave with his two boys. And the text also would indicate that there's wealth. There was wealth. They were very wealthy. And the young sons had dreams. The far country. What was it like? Some might have slipped off in the night and ran away. Some might have asked another, uh, another to intercede. Uh, this was just one uh, feels of a, of a free to come right to his father. The father. Our heavenly father is approachable. Come to him as you are. He is the father of all of us. He is our heavenly father. And reminded of the far country of this young son. Riotous living was taking place. The dream of great task, but found great temptation. The dream of adventure to give me what I need now, but instead begin to, to, to find agony. Dreams of prestige, but in, instead found poverty. Dreams of romance, but instead found rags. Dreams of happiness, but instead found himself feeding the hogs. This father was approachable, even from the pig pen. This father showed uh, love towards his child unconditional love that is the same example as Jesus gives us the parable of this son of the lost son this is a parable that our heavenly father loves us there are times that we may drift away there are times that we may not hit the mark the bulls mark every time but the heavenly father loves us but he will always be approachable you can approach the throne the Bible says to come boldly before his throne of grace that you and I may obtain mercy we receive mercy when we come before the Lord Jesus Christ and we place ourselves on the altar and say Lord I can't do this on my own I can't even begin to do this on my own but Lord I fully surrender to your Lordship God and now I lay myself on the altar have your way in my life and that's when God becomes God in your life when you fully surrender this father had a relationship with God the Father this father walked with God. He knew what the heavenly father was all about. Yet his sons may have acted up. Some of our children may act up. But guess what? They're in God's hands. You pray for them every day. You never give up. You never stop praying for your children. You never stop praying for them. You continue to pray for them till, till the day they die. My mother prayed for me till the day she died. But she never gave up on me. 
Yes, in my younger days, I had, I had wild, wild times. Not proud of them. And I went buck wild. But my mother never gave up on me. My father never gave up on me. They kept praying. Even when I would tell them, don't pray for me. They prayed that much harder. And that's why I am a byproduct of my father. I'm a byproduct of my mother today because of their prayers. And I knew they were approachable because I knew my father loved me unconditionally just as my heavenly father loves me and loves you today. And that's why I'm here where I'm at today because of a father that prayed and a mother that prayed. I want you to know today, my second point today is this. A father who's in his son's mind was associated with heaven. A father who in his son's mind was associated with heaven. Listen, when he went to the pigs, and while he was there in the pigs, he remembered how his father treated him. He remembered how his father loved him unconditionally. He remembered in the pigs. And it reminded him just as heaven, when he saw his father, he saw heaven because he saw that his father loved him unconditionally. Some of us, if we had squandered all the stuff that was given to us now and we had went through it, we'd be scared to go back to our fathers, our families. We'd be embarrassed and thinking, they don't want us no more. They wrote us off. But this son remembered his father. And while he was there with the pigs, he could see a little bit of heaven from a distance because he knew. He knew his biological father. Listen, how much impact are you making on your families today, fathers? How much impact is your families? Can your children come to you with whatever's going on in their life? Can they come to you and say, Father, I've sinned. Father, I've done something wrong. Father, I, I'm this, I'm that. Would you go mad? Would you go irate? Would you go crazy? Would you go berserk? Or would you just hold them and love on them? And say, my heavenly Father has this. My heavenly Father will take care of this. For fathers, that's what we have to do. That's what I have to do. I have to go before the heavenly Father. Because there's a lot of times I don't have all the answers. You will never have all the answers. You will never be able. We are guys, fathers, that want to fix everything. We're fixers. We want to, if something's broke, we want to fix it. If it's broke, we want to fix it. There are times that you cannot fix it physically yourself. You have to call on the Heavenly Father to fix it for you because you just cannot do it. And that's what the Heavenly Father wants. He wants fathers to call upon the Heavenly Father so that things can be fixed, things can be corrected, things can be adjusted. But fathers have to be approachable. Listen, Luke 15 and 18 says this. 
the son says, I will arise and go to my father. And I will say to him, Father, I have sinned against heaven and before you. See, he knew something about God the Father, but he knew something about his biological father. He says, I will go to my father. Folks, when we feel like we're down to our last straw, and there's nothing else for us to do, fathers, let me share with you today the one thing that you can do is look up. You can look up to the Heavenly Father when you're trying to make decisions and you're trying to, to decide on what needs to be done. You can look to the Heavenly Father and ask the Heavenly Father, go to Him. Why? Because He is approachable. And you may not get the answer that day. You may not get the answer next week. But God in due time will bring an answer to you. And when the answer is brought to you, you will know without a shadow of a doubt that God the Father has answered your prayer, that the Heavenly Father has come on the scene and He's moved in your behalf. Why? Because you were consistent, you were persistent in your prayer to communicate with God the Father so that God the Father would answer you in due time. He hears you. It may not be answered right then because we live in an instamatic world. We live in an instamatic society where we want it now. We've got to have it now. If we can't have it, I don't want it. But we've got to be patient. We've got to put it in God's hands and say, Lord, Heavenly Father, have it your way. Not our way, but your way. Listen. He said, I have sinned against heaven and before thee. And when he thought of heaven, he thought of his father. And when he thought of his father, he thought of heaven. He, cannot, could, could, he, he could not be reminded of God without remembering his father. Can we remember our fathers to remember the heavenly father? If not, we have a challenge before us, fathers. We have a challenge before us. Listen, I know there's broken families. I know there's mixed families, but I want you to know today to be assured of this, you have a heavenly father. So you have no excuse to say, I don't have a father. You have a heavenly father. And that father may not be living today in your life. He may be dead. He may be absent from your, your family. But I want you to know, fathers, you can lean hard and very hard on the heavenly father, and the heavenly father will give you exactly what you need. Listen, his father surely was a man who walked with God. What an impression. His son couldn't escape it. His son couldn't escape it. Listen, the father at prayer and in devotions and reverent walk of the father, just as our heavenly father, his father was godly. How that we need more godly fathers today. How that we need more godly fathers. Some of our ladies today and wives will say, where's my husband? Where's, my fa where's the father? Where? Yeah, and I want to ask that question too. But I want you to know today the enemy is doing everything he can to try to break up the nucleus of the family. He's trying to do everything he can 
Because he knows if he can break up the head, if he can break up the father, he can break up the whole entire family. Because biblically, the father is the leader of the family. And the father is the one that will lead the family. Did you know 90%, and I want you to hear me today, 90% if fathers would come to church, the rest of their family would be in church. Let me say that again. That's a proven fact. 90% of the fathers would come to church and step their foot in a church. doesn't matter if it's this church, a church down the road. It doesn't matter. If 90% of the fathers would step up in a church, the rest of the family would be in church. And I want you to know how strong it is to have a father in your life to have a grandfather. Yeah, there's grandfathers that's raising their children's children. I understand that. Thank God for that. Unfortunately, that happens. And it was never designed for the grandfathers to raise their children's children. But it happens. But I want you to know today, if 90% of the fathers would step into a church, the family would follow. I'm going, let me move on. Third, a father who was affectionate. This father was affectionate. Sometimes our fathers are not affectionate. I'm a tough guy. I don't cry. I don't cry. Suck it up. You're all right. You're okay. But sometimes fathers, we've got to be affectionate towards our children. This son knew exactly about his father because he says in Luke 15 and 20, and he arose and came to his father. But when he was still a great way off, his father saw him, had compassion, and ran and fell on his neck and kissed him. He didn't care how muddy he was. He didn't care how much he stunk. You could imagine he stunk to high heaven. He didn't care. He hugged on his son Why? Because that was part of him. That was a byproduct of him. That was his son. That was his blood son. That was a gift that was given to him from God. And so he began to run for him, run for him with compassion. That's the same way the Heavenly Father does. The Heavenly Father is running after you and me every day. How is he doing it, Pastor? He's doing it through the Lord Jesus Christ. Jesus is ever interceding for you. Did you know that? He's in the heavens going before God. He's praying over us. Jesus is. The Bible says He's ever interceding. Listen, that's why it's so important about the Heavenly Father. Listen, listen, it's no nonsense. That manhood called for coldness, the look of love. The Father had been watching for Him. Day after day, he ran to meet him. Charles Spurgeon, one of the greatest evangelists, says, Out of breath, but not out of love. I'm sure the father was out of breath, but not out of love. His son was returning. The time away made no difference. The smell of the swine made no difference. The rags made no difference. Nor did the empty pockets made no difference his son is home and that's all that matters just when you accept jesus christ into your heart and life you're at home 
You have peace. You have joy. You have contentment. Why? Because you've accepted eternal life. You've received Jesus Christ into your heart. Now He is Lord and Savior of your life. Fourth in my closing today, my fourth point, a father who was assuring to both the sons. Now you heard me say that we see that there's a prodigal son that went and squandered everything. But I want you to look at this other father, this other son. He was prodigal too. Listen, Luke 15 and 21. And the son said to him, Father, I have sinned against heaven and in your sight, and I am no longer worthy to be called your son. Luke 15 and 31. And he said to him, Son, you are always with me. And all that I have is yours. This passage here I want you to know is he's talking about his oldest son. His oldest son got mad, got jealous, and said, What are you doing giving him a party and putting a ring on his hand and a robe on him? When I've been out in the field, Father, I've been working for you. I have been diligently doing what you've asked me to do. And he's just going to squander everything and he's going to come back and you're going to give him a, a, a great party? The father says, Luke 15 and 31, Son, you are always with me. In other words, you never left me. And all that I have is yours. Why would you be jealous over your brother? Because I've given you everything and everything is here for you to take. Listen. The father says, bring forth the best robe to the youngest son. Fathers should take the problems as God the Father takes them. As we take the problems with our children, we're to take those problems to God. We're to take it to the Heavenly Fathers. Listen, your failures had not moved you away from His love. Just because we fail, just because we make mistakes, does not mean that it avoids God, that God avoids us, and God doesn't want to hear us. Because you made a mistake, I've made mistakes as a father. I've had to tell my children that I'm sorry. I apologize. You said, you had to tell your children you're sorry? Yes, I have, because I'm a father, but I'm not a perfect father. I'm human, but yet the love of God is in me and the love of God that's in me when the, which is called a conscience and which is called the love of God and when I've done something wrong, I've got to admit that I'm wrong and tell my children I am sorry. You see, your failures has not put you away from His love. Listen, today we are to come now to the Heavenly Father. The question would be, are you like Him? Are you like the Heavenly Father? Are you like the Heavenly Father? You see, the oldest son, he was prodigal too. He was getting mad. He was in rage. Got jealous. What are you doing? He says, son... What I have is yours. It's never gone away. Just because my youngest son came back doesn't mean that I take what your inheritance is and I give it to him. You still have 
what I told you you were going to have. You're still promised of what you're going to have. See, fathers, if we're not careful, we will try to give the answers to our children without talking to the Heavenly Father. And I promise you this. I promise you this. If you don't stay in touch with the Heavenly Father and talk to the Heavenly Father, fathers, you will make mistakes and you will make a lot more. You take a man that don't talk to the Heavenly Father and a man uh, that does talk to the Heavenly Father, and I'll show you that a man that talks to the Heavenly Father won't make nowhere near as many mistakes as a man that doesn't talk to the Heavenly Father. Why? Because the Heavenly Father gives the Father wisdom, gives him uh, encouragement, gives him exactly what he needs in the Word of God. And fathers, if we will open up this book and get into what God's Word, he will give us wisdom, he will give us instruction, and he will help us to be the father or the grandfather that we need to be. So that when our children grow up and our children see our grandfather and they see the father, they will always remember, my father, my grandfather told me about God. They shared with me about God. They let me know that they talked with the Heavenly Father. And they got information from the Heavenly Father. And they prayed to the Heavenly Father. And when you show that and you show out what God is doing as a father, as a grandfather, then it will bleed over into your family. And it will go from generation to generation to generation to generation. Why? Because they know what the Heavenly Father did to their father and their grandfather. And they'll never forget it. I'll never forget what my father and my mother did for me till the day I die. You will know what they did good and you'll know what they did in bad. But praise be to the Lamb of God. We've all sinned and come short of the glory of God. There's none righteous, no, not one. But it, we can start today. If you haven't been the father that you need to be or the grandfather that you need to be, you can start today on Father's Day and put it in prayer, put it in practice, and let your children and let your grandchildren see what you are doing. Listen, you can't take fame and fortune, you can't take money to heaven, but you can take your family. You can take your family. You can take your grandchildren. They can go to heaven. Stand with me across this building today, please.